Welcome to Setting Captives Free podcast. Jesus said, if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. But many people wonder, how can I be free from things I've struggled with all my life? Anger, impurity, anxiety, depression, fear, gluttony, and so on. Well, today, Eric Hurt and Mike Cleveland study a passage of Scripture that will help you enjoy the freedom that Jesus died to give you. Okay, hello and good morning all. This is Mike Cleveland here in Washington. So glad to be with my good friend, my brother, Eric. So good to have you here, Eric. How are you doing? I'm doing really well here in Arizona, and I'm ready to do another podcast with you, Mike. It's just such a joy uh, to be together again. It is indeed, and we're going through your book, which is called The Gospel for the Church. It was just released, and for our listeners here who don't have a copy, we encourage you to go to Amazon.com and just search for The Gospel for the Church by Eric Hurt, and it will truly bless you, and I, I believe it will challenge the worldview of people. I believe it will bring people back to the main message that we've been given as a church to take to the world. And, and Eric, I'm excited about it. And I'm glad to see uh, this book now going into the prison system. And I'm glad to see it going into churches. And I, I believe your book actually got uh, up fairly high ranking in Amazon for church growth uh, material. So these are all exciting things, and uh, I'm just excited to be able to go through this lesson with you today. And we're going to look at lesson two. Uh, if you are just listening to this podcast, we have done a previous podcast on lesson one, and now we're at lesson two. And Eric, as we look at this lesson, we're going to be focusing our attention on one of the two parts of the gospel. Um, <clears throat> now, as we as we stated in lesson one, the gospel is really one message, isn't it? It's one message with two parts. Um, and you know, as I thought about this just for a second, Eric, there's tremendous confusion in the church about what the gospel is. And so, you might, if you were to ask a hundred people, for example, what is the gospel? You might hear, well, it's the love of God. God is loving. He loves you with an unconditional love, and that's the gospel. Or you might hear that we are to love God and love people, that, that Jesus said it. That's the greatest command, to love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. That's the gospel. Or you might hear that it, the gospel is everything that Jesus has done for you, or it's all of the Bible. It's, it's doing everything that God told you to do. That's the gospel. Or the heart of the gospel is putting others ahead of yourself, or it's helping the homeless, or being kind to the poor. That's the gospel. Well, that's all wrong. It's all incorrect. Um, those might be results of the gospel, but we have to define what the gospel is. And so that's what your book does really well and excels in. Um, so you want to just maybe start with a quick definition. What is the gospel? We've we've said what it's not. Yeah. What is it? Right. Yeah. Thank you, Mike. I uh, appreciate that. And, you know, the gospel really is a very simple message with two parts only. Uh, and it is this. Jesus died 
for our sins according to the scriptures. That's part one. Uh, part two is that Jesus was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. Now, he died for the forgiveness of sins and that he has raised on the third day. Mike, that's as simple as it gets. That's the gospel of Jesus Christ, that he, uh, Jesus Christ, that he died for the forgiveness of sins, uh, that he was raised on the third day. And this is the message that the church needs to get back to because this is the message of power. It's the message of life. Uh, it's, it's not about raising your hand or walking an aisle. It is about believing this message, brother, not only for salvation, but for sanctification. It's not for someday, as I was listening to a song prior to this podcast that said, hopefully, you know, uh, someday, someday the gospel's power will be for us someday. Well, well I think they, if they just replace that someday with today, today. If you hear his voice, this message is for you. If you hear this message today, it's for you. It's, it's that we can join. Uh, this is the benefits of the gospel is that we join in uh, this death. We join in his resurrection. And therefore, we join in and become new creatures with new hearts and new desires this is the message of the cross, brother, and this is why it's so powerful and so important that we stick with it. There's no power in the other messages that you were describing prior uh, to the definition of the gospel. Yes, that's exactly right. It's like you're ad-libbing if you say those things. And I remember one time I'm a pilot, I take check rides and we're supposed to have our go around procedure memorized, going around flaps 20, check thrust, positive rate gear up, set missed approach altitude. Well, I didn't have it memorized and I'm trying to ad lib and there was no power in it. And you don't want to see a pilot ad libbing and trying to come up with stuff on the fly. Um, and this is sometimes what the church does regarding the gospel. Um, and so it's important that we define it because, Eric, if Jesus died for our sins, that has ramifications. It means that you don't have to die for your sin, that you escape the penalty and the punishment for your sin, that you are set free from the, your sins and the effects of them. You are released from bondage. It has all these ramifications to focus simply on the fact that Jesus died for our sins. There's the message of substitution there, isn't there? He died for our sins. Mm. And so he's our substitute, our sacrificial lamb, our, our offering of atonement. Um, and this is a powerful message, brother. It, it, like you said, we enter in to this message. And so this is what we're going to focus on in this lesson. You wrote a, this entire lesson on this first part of the gospel. Now, Eric, I had a guy tell me one time, he was my co-pilot, and he, he was kind of new agey, I guess you'd say. He was semi-religious, but believed in guru and new age thinking and so forth. So he said he claimed to believe in Jesus. So that's a great place to start. And he said to me, you know, you look at what Jesus did. 
and the way he lived and the people he healed and the miracles he did. Now, why on earth would you remember him for the last 30 seconds of his life? You know, why would you think of him and say his death is more important than his life? I mean, he did all these miracles. He, he, he helped people. He healed people. And you guys want to remember him for his death? What, mm -hmm. What's wrong? So why is he not correct, Eric? It, uh, Mike, the power is, is to crucify uh, the flesh, to put sins to death once and for all. And the one-time sacrifice of the son, sin had to be punished. Sin had to be condemned. Uh, sin had to be atoned for, as you rightly said. And it was the one-time sacrifice of the son that did it. The Bible says without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. And this is what we all need. We all need to be accepted and forgiven. And at the cross, we are. Uh, Jesus was rejected, became sin, was condemned and judged. And yet, like you rightly said, we escaped. We became sons and daughters. And we were loved there on the cross. He was loving us literally to death. The only one who has ever loved us to death. You hear it all the time in the world. Oh, I just love that person to death. I love my children to death. Jesus is the only one that loved us to death uh, and was uh, crucified so that we might live. And it, it's, so, it's so freeing. This sets captives free, Jesus' death. It, it puts our own flesh to death. And when we see it and believe it over and over, our hearts are completely made new. We're totally overwhelmed by this incredible act of love mercy and grace. Uh, Mike, it, it completely changes us. We just saw a testimony yesterday from a woman who was completely changed by this message. And so that's why he's wrong. There's, there's no power uh, in any other message than the message of the cross. That is a really good answer. That power is not found in the life of Jesus. The life of Jesus was remarkable, miraculous. There was no one who lived like Jesus did. He lived perfectly. But that, that's not where the power is. The power is not in showing us an example. The power is in his, his becoming our substitute. And as you said, putting our sin to death in his body on the cross. That was wonderful, Eric. <laughs> Um, and you, you use this passage of scripture, Ephesians 1, 4 to 7, and let me just read it and then you can expound on what you're referring to here. But Ephesians 1, 4 to 7 says, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him, the beloved, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace. It's a marvelous passage. It just warms my heart, even as I'm reading it. But what 
What are your thoughts on this passage, Eric, and why did you use that here in lesson two? Well, I, I wanted to make the, uh, I wanted to tie it in uh, to that God had this plan uh, before the foundation of the world. Uh, and, and, and this was his message to us before the foundation of the world. God chose us through this redemption, through the blood of the cross. So it's through the work of the cross before the foundation of the world. It was in God's mind and in his heart that he would love us this way, that he would make us holy. The holy one would become as if he was unholy so that we could be adopted as sons and daughters through his work on the cross. I, I wanted to paint this in to, to show that, that this, is, this was so important to God that he wanted to, uh, to let us know that before he even formed the earth, this was his heart towards us. This was his mind towards us. This was the richness of his glorious grace towards us. Uh, that we would be redeemed through blood. <laughs> and it's just like you said, brother, when you were reading it, I was just, my heart was just melting uh, with awe and wonder as you were reading this passage. It's just incredible, isn't it? It is. So what you're saying is this is not plan B. This, <laughs> this is not an afterthought. This is the main thought. This is the point that God had planned from before the foundation of the world that we should be holy. So Jesus became sinful when he took our sin on in 2 Corinthians 5, 21, it says that he was made sin for us. Why? That we would be holy, that we would be the righteousness of God, that we would be blameless. And so Jesus was blamed that we would be blameless. <laughs> and uh, you can just go on. We were adopted as sons. Why? Because Jesus was treated as if he were not in the family, as if he were not a son of God. Now, of course, he never um, actually was sent out of the family, but he was treated as if he were the worst sinner ever and, in essence, uh, cut off from the family so that you and I could be adopted as sons. And, you know, Eric, when you talked about redemption through his blood, what does that mean? Because we, we don't hear phrases, redeemed through the blood. What, what does that mean? It, it, it means we were, we were brought back. We were purchased. We were made right. That which Adam and Eve had disrupted and destroyed was, was, was brought back. We were redeemed from, from the sins uh, committed by Adam and Eve uh, that brought sin and death. It, it, the curse was, uh, uh, was, uh, was stopped at the cross all through the blood. We were purchased back. We were bought through that blood um, and through Jesus's death. It's all through everything that happened, Mike, forgiveness, grace, mercy, all these benefits come, becoming new creations in Christ uh, is all through the blood, all through the work Jesus did on the cross. And so this is why we want to look into these passages and, and not skim over them, but look deeply into them and see how the cross ties in everything 
that we're talking about this morning, the love, the grace, how we're adopted there at the cross through, uh, through blood, we're made right, our trespasses are forgiven, uh, that which was wrong and upside down has been made right and turned right side up. That's beautiful and powerful. And I think that's one of the benefits that I've received from your book is the expounding on these wonderful passages, the, the going deeper into them, to not skim over them. Uh, you take us, as it were, by the hand and, and lead us into these wonderful truths that transform our hearts and our lives. Um, I just want to thank you, Eric. I've, I've been so blessed by this. Um, you, you, you move on from there to Romans 8 in verse 3, because again, we're talking about the importance of the cross or the first point of the gospel, which is the death of Jesus. And you say, for God has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do. By sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. Um, Eric, I love how this verse compares with verse 1 of Romans 8. Romans 8, 1 says that there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But this verse says he condemned sin in the flesh. So God made this way whereby he separated us from our sins. He condemned sin, but didn't condemn the sinner. Uh, and I, I just love that. But what, what are your thoughts about, like you, you put this passage in here for, what were, what were your reasoning for that? Well, I wanted to show uh, the tie-in of the death and that there's no condemnation for, for the sinner who believes, who looks to the cross and sees that Jesus didn't come into the world to contempt the world, but that the world might be saved through him, um, that, the, that we couldn't obey the law. Um, the, the law wasn't weak. It was weakened by our flesh. And in other words, we couldn't obey it. We couldn't do it. Um, and God did what nothing else could do uh, by sending his own son in the likeness in the likeness of sinful flesh, just like you and I, although he was never sinful, but he took on flesh. He took on flesh and blood so that he could die for us. Incredible. And more incredible that he could be condemned as a criminal for us. Um, I just uh, uh, was looking at this song uh, this morning before our podcast, and it goes like this. This one line, I'll just mentioned this one line. It's about God's love nailed to a tree. It's about how every drop of blood that flowed from him when it should have been me. And you know, when we, when we look at this cross, it's almost unbelievable. It's almost too good to be true, Mike, but that's the world standard. The world standard is, let me show you something so elegant and so remarkable. And, and then you go see it in person and it's, not as good as they said. It, 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 in fact, was too good to be true. I knew it. I knew I shouldn't have fallen for it, but not so at the cross. It seems too good to be true. How would I escape? How can I escape this? I, I, I know I deserve it. I, I know I deserve to be punished. And yet 
God sent his son in the likeness of sinful flesh and condemned Jesus for me instead of me? Every drop of blood when I know it should have been me? Oh, man, Mike, you talk about a heart change. You, you talk about the weight of sin lifted off of us. I don't have to carry this condemnation anymore. I don't have to listen to the judgment of others anymore for my past uh, that has ruined my life. Now I'm made new and everything's new. My whole past now is, is a testimony of God's grace and what he did there on the cross. Uh, Mike, this is what I want people to see. This is such a powerful message that changes and transforms lives. Uh, it doesn't just save. It sanctifies and it cleanses us and it washes us every day. Just like you shared a passage with me yesterday when we're walking in the light. Uh, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Isn't that beautiful? This is what we're doing here. You and I are fellowshipping around the cross. We're calling others to come in like 1 John 1.3 says, that which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you. Why? So that you too may fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and his Son, Jesus Christ, to bring others into fellowship, into life, into liberty, into the love of God, Mike. That is beautiful. Um, as you were talking about, um, you know, it seems too good to be true. And of course, with the world and everything the devil offers, that's absolutely true. Um, but when it comes to the gospel of Jesus Christ, it keeps getting better and better. What I thought of was when the Queen of Sheba had heard of Solomon and she came to him and she said, well, I'd heard all these things. But now I've seen with my own eyes and the half has not been told me. Wow. And, and I think as we look at the cross, Eric, the half has not been told us. I also think of the passage in John chapter 2 where the steward uh, of, the, of the banquet there, they'd run out of wine and Jesus changed the water into wine. And he came and said, you know, most people serve the best wine and, you know, get people drunk and then it gets worse from there because, you know, they're drunk and they don't care. Um, but you have saved the best until last. And I, I think when Jesus said, it is finished, you know, he, was, he saved the best to last. Uh, and I love how you, you put that. Um, Eric, as we bring this to a close, we're just going to stop here. We're basically right above question four in lesson two. Could I ask you to read the paragraph right above question four, if you have it? This paragraph so affected me, and I'd just like to hear you read it because I, I saw you write, you write it. <laughs> Listen to this powerful paragraph. Okay, brother, thank you. Uh, do you see that Jesus was condemned on the cross in his flesh and in your place? This is why there isn't any condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because Jesus was crushed on the cross, you are made whole. Because Jesus was judged on the cross, you are set free. Because Jesus became a curse on the cross, you receive God's blessing. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him, saved 
through the doorway of the cross where Jesus was condemned and we are set free. <laughs> Amen. I just love to look at the cross with you, brother. And uh, I hope that somebody listening will see this and believe it, take it to heart and, 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 and begin to see the cross over and over how it is riddled through the Bible in every passage that we read. And with that, I want to, I want to close with prayer and just would ask if you're hearing this podcast, that you would pray these words with me. Lord Jesus, we see that you were crushed on the cross. You were stabbed in your heart. You were nailed to the tree. You wore a crown of thorns. You were crushed under the weight of our sin. You were crushed by the wrath of God and the arrows of wrath that he shot at us that you stepped in front of. And you were crushed that we might be made whole. Lord, if there's somebody listening who feels crushed by their own sin, who feels weighed down and burdened by the way they've lived and the people they've hurt and the things they've done wrong and the, the captivity that they've lived in, would you right now point them to your own crushing on the cross, which takes their sin away from them, which removes their guilt from them, which takes the penalty and also the power of sin away. Lord Jesus, you are judged on the cross. You are, you are judged as if you were the most guilty person who ever lived, though you were the most innocent. And you were judged as guilty that we would be set free. Lord, if somebody feels that they should be judged for their sin, would you show them Jesus who was judged? And Lord Jesus, as we look at the cross, we see that you became a curse you were wearing the curse by wearing a crown of thorns, part of the curse, that we might receive the blessing of God. Acceptance, love, welcoming into his kingdom. Lord Jesus, right now, would you show someone listening that they will never be judged simply by putting faith in what you did for them. Help them to look up at the cross today and see your suffering in their place and see that you are being judged that they might go free. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for this book. Use it to reach hearts and lives all across the world. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. This has been a podcast of Setting Captives Free. For more information or to enroll in free interactive courses on finding freedom, please go to settingcaptivesfree.com. Tune in next time for more truth that sets captives free.